Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Grateful Heart TV, and I'm your host. Today, we have some special guests that I love having here. Tara Krieg over at AmeriFirst Financial is a financial expert, along with Joe Smith of Epic Mortgage. And last but not least, we have our wonderful friend, co-host, contributor, Anthony Penna from Navi Title joining us. Hey, Anthony's in the house. And we are having so much fun talking about the real estate market today reason why is you would think that let me see i've been doing this 29 years you're tw all of you guys are at least 20 years in the business right 20 year vets yeah so let's just pretend between the four of us we're close to a century Oof. of experience okay and the reason why I, i'm setting this up is because in january we did a market overview and then we did another one in march and here we are in may and the reason why we're doing this again so quickly is things have been changing this year. And where we thought that we were going to go in the beginning of the year was not where we've gone yet. And then we had a kind of twist, a change of events. One of them, on March 4th, we all predicted. We all made some predictions. And I wanted to share with you guys the predictions because obviously today's a little bit different story than where we thought we were going to be two months ago. Let me set the stage. Two months ago... Ukraine just got invaded by Russia. We didn't know if it was going to last a couple days or how long that was going to last. And it's still going on. And you rarely even hear about it in the news today. Would you guys say, the three of you, would you guys say that the Russian problem that they're having has been impacting our markets here at all? Anthony, what do you think? Um, the housing, no. No. What about you, Tara? No, I don't think it's directly related to housing right now. Okay. So I'm assuming, Joe, you're going to say the same, right? Sure. Okay. And the reason why I bring that up is because when we did our last show, we were literally in the throes of it, and the interest rates seemed to do pretty good that day. So I think we were all a little optimistic, except for Tara that particular day, and she's laughing. Annie. <laughs> because then, and I will say, one thing I know I predicted was I thought by May we would be hitting an average price point of 600,000. I'll show you guys the charts here in a minute. At that time, we were at 546,000. <clears> we also thought rates were gonna be anywhere between four and 6%. And on January, we were all saying, maybe by the end of the year, we would be hitting 6%. And then in March, we were like, woohoo, we're back in the threes. I don't think anybody in January forecasted 6% of the four of us on that call. <laughs> we were saying- Anthony's shaking his head, no way. I had said I thought we would be in the mid fives and you all laughed at me. Okay. For sure. I think Joe said high fours, mid fours. She's looking for a, I was right. <laughs> okay. Hey, 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 Tara, Joe, Joe said they'd stay below four. Maybe Before, four. Below, below four. four. Yes, I would agree with that. The year is not up. Okay, so. And I, was, I, I was on the same court as you were. I didn't think as high, but high, high fours. High yeah. fours. 
So let me move our screen over just a little bit. Oh, okay, that was kind of cute. Life's under no obligation to give us what we expect. Anybody know who that woman is who said that quote? Okay. Only because I'm reading her name. Margaret <laughs> Mitchell. No, so she wrote Gone with the Wind. Oh, yes. Think yes, about yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty good considering. You know my name, Tara, comes from Gone with the Wind. Yes, I do know that. So I love the correlation. story. So when I'm reading this, I just kind of felt right. Because everything that we expected to happen this year kind of hasn't happened. And by no means is anything that we're going to talk about today going to happen for sure because we don't have a crystal ball. There's no guarantees. But between the 100 years of experience, you would think that we would know a little bit about what we're talking about. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, you guys got this. So what I'm thinking is because you guys contribute and you always come on the show, I'd like to do this every couple of months and just kind of review where we were and where we think we're going because it's kind of fun to me. Man, do we have to? You don't have to, but (laughs) only if... I'd like to retire the champ. No, no, that's not Not the the champ, Joe. If you promised to wear the beads. (laughs) Okay. Once a quarter. Once a quarter, yes. Joe will will earn his beads. So yes, I'm going to play the show now for just a couple minutes this was the and january this is segment we're talking about the interest rates okay guys okay so let's nobody wants to talk about the turd in the punch bowl i'm looking at you joe and i'm looking at you tara the turd in the punch bowl is the fact that everywhere you're looking people are talking about rates going up but you know what i think we're all kind of numb to hearing that though because haven't we been threatened with that for like years and years and years and then every time it starts to go up a little bit then the government sees the market maybe slow down a little bit and then they lower them again do you think that's going to happen this year guys I used an analogy with a family on the phone earlier today who are under contract on a new build and they are desperate to get a closing date so they can lock in a rate. And the conversation that we had was about that this is a fight against inflation. And I think, okay, fight against inflation. Now let me fast forward. Oh no, I don't know if I can do this. Let's see. Oh, I can. I figured it out. Let's look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at. I'm so good at this now. <laughs> okay. Now, minute 30 is where we talk about um, what we actually are predicting coming up. was more than half of that appreciation in just one week alone. So it's really interesting to see, you know, between, you know, what's happening over across seas. The interest rates now coming down like I actually and you guys are both members of our mastermind group that we talk. I put a message out to all of our uh, cohorts on there just to kind of get a temperature check before we did our show and seeing how busy they were. And I think things softened just a hair over the weekend where maybe they didn't have 20 offers. Maybe they had five or six offers on some of their traditional listings. Soft. I know it's so soft. I was going to say, I I think it's really difficult between like boiling and almost boiling. Like still, no matter what, it's just a crazy seller's market. You put your finger in there and you're going to... I just think sellers have this expectation that they're going to list their house for sale. They're going to get, you know... Thirty to forty thousand dollars over list. They're going to do absolutely nothing, and so I, it's <clears> going to be interesting to see if that expectation holds. Or- okay, guys, I think that's enough to keep our conversation going today, <clears throat> because guess what, Tara, you know these people. Some clients of mine I sent to you a couple weeks ago. I listed their home and I got twelve offers, and I got them an offer twenty five thousand dollars above list. This home had an empty swimming pool with no pool equipment. For what I know today, 
I do not think, and they told me it wasn't enough, so they opted not to accept any offers, and they're just gonna sit out and wait until the prices go up further. I am here to tell you, I do not believe that we are gonna see some huge gains at all the rest of the year. That's my personal prediction based off of what I'm seeing out there. I agree. I think that we've hit a peak. I don't think necessarily that we're gonna see price reduction, but I think that we're gonna see a plateau because for a combination of reasons, but um, primarily affordability, and I'm sure we'll get into that today. Right, so I wanna say that, you know, I wanna tell them that they're making a mistake, but you know what, I think to each his own, and I'm giving them the information that I'm giving everybody else. So I'm saying this out loud before we started the show. We The question was like, do we wanna be as raw as possible, as honest as possible? And I say, hell yeah, we owe it to our people listening that they understand truly the information we're bringing them. We can't guarantee it's gonna stay the same because of course nothing stays the same. Right. However, looking in the first few days of may compared to where we were in january a lot has changed and you know what we're only half not even halfway through the year yet so anthony what are you hearing right now as far as multiple offers and price increases and what are your thoughts you're on the title side of things so your escrows open and close do give us some indication as what you're looking at um we we base them basically on mondays and it's funny i had a client call me a couple weeks ago that they had an open house and and they had five other agents. They were really dead slow. In fact, I was with an agent last night at the Suns game. We went there and he's saying he had zero showings on his open house this weekend. But if you want to look at our openings on Monday, our last two Mondays have been our biggest openings since we opened. Um, we had our biggest closer month. I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit on that appreciation. I still think it's going to, and you'll see the slide later. You know, I follow the experts are smarter than us. They're looking at eight to ten percent price increase nationwide this year. Okay, going in. and I said that in January for the entire year, but yeah. let's look at some numbers, people. I know I can't, I want to interject on that too because I think Anthony, that's true if you're looking nationwide. But Arizona has exceeded the nationwide appreciation year to date. So if you even yeah. if we plateaued, we would still be in line with what they had forecasted for annual appreciation. Yeah. So the big slowdown for most people is because of affordability, because of the interest rate. So this chart here is a perfect example. And Fry, if you can zoom in on it, I think it'd be good for anybody who gets to watch the show to see these Great numbers. Um, but in January, a $3,500 um, housing payment would buy you a house of 807,000. And then just three months later, the interest rate with the same monthly payment dropped that buying power down to 643. So that's a difference of 114,000, no. Wait, wait, Rebecca needs to do math right again <laughs> in her head. Is it said, no, wait, 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 157,000, right? 167,000. So this is why you guys listen to the people on the other side of the table, because they know what they're talking about better than me when it comes to math. So Rebecca, go back to that slide really quick. Okay. Now I want you to tell me a home that was listed at 807,000 on January 6th, based on the appreciation that we've seen in our market. Oh, right now it's selling for 950 or a million. So that house is now valued at 950 or a million, but the buyer's affordability is 643,000. That's the gap. That is the gap. That is the gap. So, okay, I wouldn't say 950 or a million, but depending on how nice the house is. I would say 950. Just for what we've been seeing. <laughs> yes. Just for what we've been seeing. So this is a really good indication of affordability. Now this is 
you know, people, you know, who are buying $800,000 homes and even $643,000 homes are not the average buyer. No, they're not. Because our average buyer is spending a little bit less. Like our first timer, our average, Joe's kind of like, eh, well, in my world, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Um, so let me go scroll down a little bit further. Tara, you gave me this chart. Can you explain what this chart means, my darling? Yeah, you know, we're really having to talk to families about getting past that immediate sticker shock of rising interest rates and really talking about the value of home ownership um, in the long run. And so I love what this does, and it really shows if the interest rate is at 5.11 and their, you know, purchase their home purchase price was 460,000, they're making a principal and interest payment each month. And so they're going to reduce that loan amount during that 5-year period of time by $33,000 without any equity. So we're going to debate today rather we'll see additional gains this year or not and how much, but even taking gains off of the table. The value of home ownership is that a portion of that payment is going directly towards that principal of that mortgage and increasing their gains over time. And so if we used a really conservative appreciation that just keeps up with inflation right now of 8.5%, then you can see over time at 460000 by 2027, that house is going to be valued at 691000 conservatively. Add to that the additional principal reduction. It's a significant opportunity to somebody who said, I'm just going to rent. Okay, so that said, I, there's a quote I like, and I actually put it on an A-frame in front of our office. And it says, wouldn't you rather be paying your own mortgage you know, versus renting? Because if you're renting, you're paying somebody else's mortgage down. So regardless of even appreciation, I'm totally with you that you're gaining uh, equity just by paying it down. I have one that we're printing and putting in our office that talks about the interest on rent is 100%. The interest on rent is 100%, <laughs> yes. and I absolutely that agree with awesome. that. So yeah, sorry, Anthony, I want to keep you in that. our conversation. So yes, the interest on rent is 100%. And on top of that, um, I will say previous to COVID, the normal appreciation you could gain, you know, guarantee is probably four to 5%. Yeah, we always use three to 5% conservatively. Yeah. Obviously the numbers that we're seeing <clears throat> have blown that out of the water. Oh yeah, I mean, last year, year over year was, you know, 20, 20 something percent, depending yeah. where you're at. So hey, Rebecca, get into that. You're talking about the money with the appreciation. Uh-huh. Um, poor Logic came out of the study last week. Across the nation, guess how much um, equity homeowners have in their house right now, average? Average is probably 200,000. 307,000. So I'm low, even thinking 200. And those are just people who bought like a couple years ago. So we'll look at the numbers of the average house a couple years ago versus the average house today. You know, Rebecca, I had a call <clears throat> yesterday and I had a woman who I did loans for for the last 10 years. They have a rental in Tempe and they have a single family residence they've been in four years. They're going to sell both of those properties and move to Oregon, which they've always wanted to do, and pay cash. Because they can. And pay cash for a house. And so then interest rates mean nothing. Well, <clears throat> and to her, she just said, we never could have believed in such a short period of time that our family would be in a position to do something like this. And it really opens the door for them to make those dreams a reality. And I just think about as difficult as it is for those first-time home buyers, there are so many families that are in a financial position they never could have dreamed of. And that's a good thing. That's awesome. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of good of today's marketplace. I think, you know, us bleeding hearts are for the people that are trying to buy. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's the struggle. So let me take a quick peek. Um, oh, I wanted, speaking of bleeding hearts and people who want to buy houses, 
<clears throat> I thought this was a really good indicator. You and I, Tara, talked recently about the, the folks that were hurt, it seemed the most, were our single moms. And I have yeah. a story of a client that I helped last year buy a house and she's in the mortgage business. So she's lost all of her overtime. Yep. She's lost her all bonuses. of her bonuses. Yep. The cost of gas has gone up. The cas cost of bacon's gone up. You yep. know, everything's costing more. So she's on less income with more expenses yep. and she can't afford her house and she's struggling. And I didn't want her to be without a house, so I told her she should probably file for bankruptcy. I, I mean, have that's referred just more people to bankruptcy attorneys in the last yeah. 60 days as well, I don't an want her alternative to, lose her house. to selling their home because they cannot replace it. They can't replace the house. So Correct. the house I got her last year is appreciated probably $100,000. So yeah. I don't know if she'll qualify for bankruptcy. If they force her to sell and pay off her debts, that's great, but she'll be in an apartment. She'll never, ever, ever live in a house as nice as she has today. Yeah. And as long as she's on a single income. Sure. And so that was the thing when I looked at this chart, um, Arizona did not rank where I would love to have seen it rank. Oh, Fry, you're gonna have to come back in here and fix this screen. Oh, no, I figured it out. Look at that. <laughs> um, and so that said, Arizona was pretty sadly far down the chart as far as affordable states are concerned. We were about three quarters of the way down. Um, if you guys wanna see who's the most affordable, if you're a single mom and you want to live where it's affordable, apparently Massachusetts is a good place to be, Connecticut and Rhode what, Island. What state was that? Matt, uh, don't make me repeat that. MA, that state, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Minnesota, Wisconsin, District of Columbia, Vermont, New Jersey, New York. Apparently the Northeast where you're from, Joe, is a place to be if um, you're on a single income. Subsidized housing. Ah, oh, uh, maybe that yeah, is yeah, it. But is, isn't there a reason that there are top, also the top states people are moving out of? Well, that's a good point too, Anthony, because you're from that part of the world. Why don't you guys educate us why it would be more affordable, but yet they want to come live here? Is it just the quality of life, and that therefore that's why it's more affordable? I I don't I, don't, I, I can't say because I'm not there now. I've been away from there for 20 years, but I I definitely think <clears throat> the quality of life is a little different back there. Nothing against those states, but well, sure. You know, out out here the quality of life is is better. I mean, what what do, I mean? What do they call the California tax? The ocean tax? I mean, yeah. They, well, yeah. Joe has been saying that for a long time that we're just basically having California problems. Yeah, that's, it's it's what's happening. We're becoming California, and Ew, the crazy stop thing saying is that. an extension oh. of California. They, right? They, yeah, it's a pain. They're all coming here, and mm -hmm. our housing is starting to look like that. And what you're you're going to see just a different level of buyer. So yeah. you, if you're a first time home buyer in Santa Clara <clears throat> County. You're pretty much SOL, right? You're you not buying you're in not Santa buying, Clara. Right? Nope. So you, you have to go live on the skirts or you have to save up a lot of money or you have to inherit some money or you have to hit the lottery. Something has to happen that's going to make you afford Santa Clara. So you live somewhere else. They moved to Phoenix two years ago. Right. Yeah. And, and, they and, live here. <laughs> and that's awesome. And that's what will happen here is the people who will want to move here who would love to live in Gilbert and Chandler sure. and Tempe. Mm -hmm. It's not an option for them. Right. So you have to move to the outskirts. And crazy as it sounds people out there and these other places they drive an hour and a half to work okay that said anthony check this out you guys should hear this i think i might have told you already tara i did a search last week i had a client you know this client joe he just sold a condo in california with six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars to spend and he wants to reinvest it in arizona and he asked me if he could buy two houses with that money i did a search <clears throat> for three hundred thousand dollar price point Three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, just basic single family detached. The kind of house that before the pandemic, I should have been able to find you in Chandler and Gilbert for around 300,000, okay? You guys ever hear of Arizona City? 
Because I have contracts in Arizona City right now. And Coolidge and Florence. Well, Coolidge and Florence didn't even have houses for 300000 when I looked the other day. Unreal. You had to go outside of the valley beyond Casa Grande. Yeah. So it used to be Casa Grande was my go-to for 300000 Maricopa yeah. was. Florence was. Not anymore. Right. Keep you got to keep going further south. So Arizona City... To your point, Joe, if you worked in downtown Phoenix, it would probably take you at least an hour, hour and a half to get to work every day. That's that's typical life in a big city. It's foreign to us, but that's what it looks like in New York City. That's what it looks like in L.A. People drive. Yeah. You just commute. That's We're not a commuter state. If We are if, becoming a commuter state, Yeah, though. but we are so – we, who have lived here for a long time, don't want to live more than 12 minutes away from our office. And anything more than that, we're like, oh, we got to move. Right? <laughs> Joe, you nailed it. It is a commuter state. I mean, look at the people in New York City. They live in North Jersey. Right. The yep. people who work in the city of Philadelphia, they all work in the suburbs or they live in North in South Jersey. I mean, right across the bridge. So. And I've never lived in those places, but I grew up in San Francisco, so I can see it from the West Coast perspective, the same thing. You know, same people thing. who live outside of the Bay Area to come into the city to work. And so I so I think it is a mind shift, a mind wrap around. Yes, we feel really bad for our people who can't afford homes anymore, but let's talk about the wins. And what are the wins today? There's some wins. Yep. Here's some wins. And I'm going to share with you guys. Oops, if I can figure out how to scroll this up. Fry, you might have to come in here. Oh, Lord, Rebecca should not be driving this bus. <laughs> you might have to cut some of this out, Fry. Let's see if I can get the screen back up. Oh, there we I go. I think he keep it in. Keep it in? Just roll it. Okay, so on May 1st, I'm going to read you guys this because this is literally, I just pulled this off the Cromford. This is like daily information in the last two days. Supply has been arriving in greater quantities over the past few weeks. This applies to both rental and for sale listings. The most dramatic rises are in rentals. This was the first indicator we were warned for. Rebecca, you and I have been monitoring this. We have. And residential, or let's see, the dramatic, there were 2,500 new rental listings created in the last four weeks, which is up 45% from the same four weeks of 2021. For, to, for 2022, the year to date, we've seen more than 26% more rental listings. Residential for sale listings added over the last 20 days, number 10,476, which is up 10,387, the same period of 2021, which is not much of an increase no at all. Right. Year to date, we have seen 40,000 listings down from 40,000 from last year. So again, really no change. The problem for the market is that this extra supply is coming just as demand is dropping fast. The for sale active listing count excluding UCB, CCBS across the areas and types have jumped 27% in just four weeks. That means that this is even faster than we experienced in 05. That is scary percentage, even though the absolute numbers remain small. If this growth rate persists through May and June, the market will be very different by July. So guess what, guys? We're going to have to do another show in July because I feel like this market is moving so fast that the every two months is warranted. Yeah. And especially if they're predicting that we're going to see some major changes by July, which is usually our summer doldrums, which is usually when it gets hot and you know things slow down. It's usually when I take a vacation because usually <laughs> 4th of July is when it's really hot in Phoenix and everybody's out of town. Right. Um, now, this one, which I thought was interesting, although the market is cooling, prices are still in the strong upward trajectory. Joe Smith said that. That will be maintained for several months at least. So prices are still on the rise for several months at least. Supply is increasing while demand is falling, but the gap is still so dang large that it'll take a long time for these two elements to achieve balance, even in the current trend continues. 
The price increases over the last two years have been extremely large, but should not be surprising to Cromford subscribers given the very high levels reached by the Cromford Index since mid-2020. They will, of course, be surprising to the followers of CoreLogic Monthly Home Price Insights report because she's kind of slamming her competition. The reality of it is, though, check this out. This is what's happened over the last two years. And if you just want to see the last two years, the city of Phoenix has gone up 58%. Scottsdale, 61%. Queen Creek, 60%. I live in Chandler. It's gone up 51%. These are crazy numbers. Buckeye went up 75%. That's unreal. Goodyear, 62%. Maricopa, 67%. Yeah. I mean, the average house in Maricopa, again, remember I said there's nothing under 300000 I couldn't find it when I looked for my client the other day. Um, Tempe's at the average price point is at 600 today. Cave Creek, holy cow. They went up 99%. That's they, California people. Ca- California people going to, get going to Cave Creek. Um, Fountain Hills jumped up 34. Um, but Avondale, yeah. So the biggest winner was Cave Creek at 99%. Then we have a 73 in Casa Grande again. Casa Grande is now hitting 400. Yep. You know, and so th- these are these are the numbers that and are just insane. Technically, that's affordable, right? I mean, that's where you can get affordable housing is in the skirts, in the Casa Grandes, the well, that's where you need to go Goodyears, right now. Years, the Buckeyes, you can still get out there. Four fifteen is Maricopa, Maricopa. Uh, Casa Grande three ninety three, Sun City three eighty, and that's pretty much where you're going. So this is the next chart, and Anthony, I know you've got some fabulous charts. We'll go over yours after the break. This one I thought was huge. Now, um, for I go ahead and scroll, scroll in on this on us because I want to talk about something real quick. When I'm looking at this chart, so I've been a subscriber to the Cromford Index for a long time, and Joe and, and Tara are still looking at this chart because it's fascinating, right? So when the market is at an equal buyer seller supply and demand, it should be a hundred. The Cromford Market Index should be at a hundred. I don't think I've ever seen it at a hundred. And when they started doing it and the market was like, you know, sellers had to pay concessions, when sellers actually paid closing costs, when sellers would actually pay for a home warranty and maybe clean their house. Because I have a house right now I have listed, I had to pay to clean it because my sellers would not pay to clean it and it still smells like dogs and they won't Mm. leave their house. And today's marketplace, that's not flying, but it did fly six months ago. So they thought they could do what all their other friends did and not show up to sell their house and it's not selling as a result. So that said, I do personally believe the law of supply and demand is gonna get us where we need to be, but we don't have that many houses still for it to affect pricing. Now go ahead and zoom in on this Cromford Index because I wanna show you, this is what's interesting to me, is when we saw COVID first hit was March of 2020, we were at 200 for a market index, for Cromford's market index. That was pretty, we could work with that. We could, you know, I could take a buyer out. They could, you know, maybe a couple days, think on a house, maybe get some concessions. Maybe the price reduction comes and we negotiate stuff. And that's a good, healthy market. So then we dropped down a lot lower. We came, what, to 140. And it seemed, things seemed scary in May of 2020 because we didn't know what we didn't know. I remember talking to a client. His name was Dave. You helped him, Joe. Mm. And he didn't want to buy because he was scared he was making a mistake. That house he bought at 550 is definitely worth at least 800 today. So I'm sure he would say that he did a good move and he bought it, he bought it in the most scariest time when the Cromford Index was the lowest. We should give him some high fives next time we see him because <laughs> he did really good. He kind of won the lottery buying in May of 2020 because the market index shot up that summer and then it shot up so bad it just kept going up, going up, going up, going up. 2021, we pretty much peaked 
around this time in 2021, and things have been settling down pretty much since then. But they are nowhere close to where we were before COVID. They're not normal. No. They're not even close. They're not even close. So I feel like we're kind of like going through this bump. Like we're going down this stream. We keep bumping into stuff. and But we aren't there. We are nowhere near where prices could drop because the demand and supply are so out of whack, like just what the Cromford report talked about, right? But the red flag did pop up. This is the first time I've seen Cromford actually have a red flag warning. Because it's changing so quickly, we do need to watch it close. And we are going to watch it close. And in the next couple of months, things could change a lot. But active listings are staying active longer and inventory is starting to build in most segments. That's a good thing. Finally. I've been waiting for this day. Like, seriously, I'm super excited. I have been waiting for this because shopping last May, I literally wanted to quit. That just means, it doesn't That's mean difficult. anything about price. It just means that buyers have, have a choice. Buyers have, have choices again. Right. And not on every house. I'm still getting multiple offer bidding wars. But they have to be nice houses to get the multiple offer bidding wars, just like before the pandemic. Yeah. You know, so the, we're, the, go ahead, Anthony. The, no, the normal mentality, I'm right with you on that one. Listings are coming back. That's good, more choices. But then again, the certain people will take that as a negative. Oh, here comes a bubble. Things are changing. Yeah, but that's why we're going over all these charts, Anthony, because there's nothing to be feared. We are only nope. in the... Go ahead. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, there's still so much more room to happen. So the other thing that they talked about is do not pay attention to prices. Because guess what? Prices will continue to rise for many months. Prices are actually the last thing that's going to change mm -hmm. in any kind of shifting market. Right. Um, this is probably one of the most important times when early action may be required. If you are overextended in your real estate investments, I advise a large increase in caution right now. So that's where the red flag is. Cromford is saying, you know, you might want to caution. If you want to take all of your money and go play it on red, that might not be a good idea. Right. You know what I mean? Just because we don't know where we're going to go. Or if you're a seller and you've been vacillating, the time to sell is now. And that's the other point. You have to work again, guys. You got to clean your house. You know, you got to right. do things if you want top dollar and you want to get that bidding work because you're not going to just because the market says so. So this is the other chart I always like going over. Two years ago, we had 18,000 active listings. Until we get anywhere close to where we were two years ago, we're not going to see any price decreases. We're at 10,000 active listings. Thank the Lord, baby Jesus. Last year, this time, we actually had 9,400 listings, right? So it's not that much of a difference, you guys. Supply is coming up some, but if you watch the headlines and you listen to the BS, I actually got an email yesterday. I shared this with you guys. A, a competing title company to Anthony's title company was literally emailing out clickbait. Because if you didn't know and you only read the headline, you would think prices were dropping today. And well, they're not. A, a clock is right twice a day. So it doesn't matter. Like at some point, this is all, everyone will be right because it's all cycles. It is. At some point, everybody will be right. It's just a matter of how much time do you have to, to be in your, whether it be an investment or your house, it's the time in as opposed to uh, where you are in the market. Because if, if you bought in 06, uh -huh. you still made money. Oh my gosh, and that is such a great point. So Joe, you know, I've known you guys all for the market, you know, the, since the last time everybody's threatening the market's gonna crash, right? <laughs> and um, I was thinking about that driving over here. Every now and then I come across somebody who's owned their home since before 06. Yeah, me too. 
every now and, and then. And they're sitting pretty. And they're sitting pretty. <laughs> so if they had listened to everybody freaking out back in 2008, 2009, and they sold their house, because at the end of the day, we all need houses to live in. I got to sleep at night. Right. You know, we all need someplace to be. So Anthony, I know we've all been waiting for this moment for your slideshow and your charts. We're going to take no, a quick- I'm, enjoy I'm, I'm enjoying you right now. Keep on going. You're killing it. No, 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 no. You're up next, but we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. All right, Anthony, you're up. Let's talk about this PowerPoint. I'm going to slide it over. And our first chart is, well, the first screen is talking about why this is not a bubble. And let's talk about your myths, buddy. What are the let's, myths? Let's go, let, first, let's go back to the bubble part because I, I know Tara, Joe, Rebecca, because I know I'm getting it. Um, All I've been doing is getting sent links and articles about the opposite of this, why the bubble's going to burst. And here it's going to come and blah, blah, blah. So I wrote this, we did this blog post last week and whenever you get those links, the first question I say to people, and when you get them now, say to them what you were talking about earlier about the clickbait. Mm -hmm. Did you read the friggin' actual article? Did you read the article or did you just read the headline? Because when you read inside the article, they're not, it's not gonna happen. It's things like that one. So we right. wrote this blog post and we'll go over why it's not a bubble. You can skip that myth part. I'll talk about that at the end. Okay, 
All right. Yeah, go so, so go to the third one. Go to the third one. You know, the the, fir the, the first one is it's it, it's home appreciation. I mean, look, just look at home appreciation since World War II. Just just look at where it's going. And the only time you saw an actual dip there is the housing crash. Okay. Okay. What chart do you so, want me to go to now? Go to the next screen where it says home price forecast. This is what we talked about in the beginning, Ty. Remember, you were saying how things are going to be flat. I said nationwide uh, where home price appreciation is going to go. Right. Uh, nationwide, they, uh, they're they predicting it's going to be 8.5%. You're saying number you used for your appreciation. And, mm -hmm. Correct. And and this is, the and to be honest with you, they've upped their forecast. Because remember when we mm -hmm. did our call back they in did. January? They were way more conservative. It, it, was, it was about 5.2. And they've upped that forecast. Okay, next. So, go ahead. So homes are going to continue to appreciate. Now, why is why is this not a bubble like last time? Let's let let's go back to what happened. Do you remember when forbearance first started? We had about four point seven million people. Yeah. Everyone thought the they're all going to go under foreclosure and blah blah blah. And here we go, price going to drop. <laughs> yes. Back in the crash. Well, we're we're, we're around about seventy thousand people, or you know. 70,000 people right now in forbearance. And so, we, we haven't seen in those foreclosures because the thing is, is people have equity. So there's like no excuse yep. to go into foreclosure unless and you, you and pass that away. The, and, that, and that gets into the next chart. What happens when people come out of forbearance? You, you know, you look at the next chart, you've seen this before, 37% were paid in full. Mm -hmm. That's the people who really didn't need it. They just right. said, heck, I'm gonna do it. Because it could. Then you got, then you got 44.6% that are working out something. The banks don't want something out there that they're okay. Yeah, you do have 18% that might still be in a little trouble, but guess what? Rebecca, they're not in trouble because 95% have 10% more in equity. They can just sell their houses. Well, so, yeah. And there's always a percentage of people in trouble. So there's always there, going to be people who mismanage their money. And always, there's foreclosures from the beginning of time. They're forever. They were just we're, we're, lucky because they didn't get booted during COVID. Go ahead, Anthony. If you want, if you want to break down that eighteen percent, you want to be the numbers person. That eighteen percent comes out to about one hundred and twenty-two, one hundred twenty-three homes nationwide. That's it, right? It's very. That's minimal. it. It's so minimal. It, that's about one point two percent of homeowners. So that's that. That's so it, you don't have to worry about that. And look at foreclosure activity. Yeah, there was a moratorium, but look, we are an all-time low on foreclosure activity. All so, time. And now, no, that was the difference back in 2008. Now, Joe and Tyre, you guys are going to jump in here because I'm not busting on you. <laughs> Joe guys. just woke I'm, up. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not blaming you guys for the uh, the crisis in 2008. Tara's fault. <laughs> Tara is a very powerful woman. <laughs> but, but, but you you look at look at and you guys can jump in here. Lending standards have tightened since the well, crash. You guys mentioned but, Great Southwest right before we started the show, and we all remember the day they closed their doors, and they were the ones doing all those loans in red. Yeah, there was a lot yeah, well, of non-prime mortgages it, during that time. Well, Rebecca, this is the chart. If you look at it real close, people can see the screen. This is the volume of loans in billions with a credit score less than 620. Look at how many people got loans with credit scores less than 620. Oh, yeah. We were doing anything we now. could to get people into houses because they weren't buying them. You know, well, they were, but they weren't buying them at the take at, at the rate that they were buying them the last couple of years. Um, oh. So percentage of arms at record lows, which I I did think that was going to be our solution to the raising rates, would be that we'd see oh. some adjustable rates coming soon. What do you guys think? 
Go Anthony, ahead, go, go ahead, ahead, Anthony, and then I'll no, I, I, I'm going to let you guys talk, but I agree with you. There's going to be arms that are going to come back, but not at the rate they were back in the crash. So, you, Joe, Tyra, what do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. We have more clients asking about adjustable rate mortgages to help kind of bridge the gap of affordability. And it's interesting. I just think that there's an index. Sorry, there you are. Um, it, there's a fairly new index that replaced LIBOR, and we don't have a lot of historical data on that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, during periods of inflation, we know that's going to rise. And a way, the way a lot of these adjustable rate mortgages are written it the first adjustment can be up to the max adjustment and so i'm just Which explaining how that works and i think there are some great arm products out there but there's you just need to be educated i love seeing joe's face right now while we're talking about arms he looks very stoic what are your <laughs> are thoughts you on arms? arms right now joe i don't like arms so <laughs> I can tell by to, to be 100 percent clear i'm not a fan um they are to tara's point they're good for a sophisticated buyer for somebody Correct. who really understands but if it's somebody who's who needs payment relief, then your answer is not arms. It goes the opposite direction because it, uh, it makes it more. You should be more concerned. Arms are arms are a, a time bomb for people like those, if they're trying to get into a lower payment. But if you're doing it as as a financial planning vehicle, where you're going to take that extra four hundred dollars a month that you're going to save with the arm because you're going to invest it here and make more money for yourself, then I'm all in. But if you need it because that's the only way that you can you afford, afford the house, payment, right? then you, you probably shouldn't you buy the house. Buy, you shouldn't be buying that's the house. That's not your house. So. Okay. 100%. Great, great point right there. And, and if you look at that number, if you can see at the end, there's only 1.7% of loans are arms right now. Yeah, yeah. it's going to increase a little bit, but it's not going to cause the problems like it did before. But this next screen I really like because the next question that comes up, and we've heard this word a lot, is inflation. You know, you know with inflation, when inflation rises, are people going to be able to afford their homes? Now, this this chart right here is a study from the Fed, and it looks and it looks like actual you know household debt ratio to mortgages. So, if you see right there, it sits at three point eight percent today. Look at October of two thousand seven, where it sat at seven point two percent. But it's on the rise. I think is is the concern. Is it not? No, it absolutely is. It's funny you say that. I have the Crumford Report up, and it talks about generally a family should assume about 28% conservatively of their gross monthly income for housing. And based on the average medium sales price in April, a family would need to make about $116,000 a year to qualify for the average for house. the medium sales price, and mm-hmm. which is about $2,700 a month. If you look at an hourly rate of a family, they need to be at about $56 an hour you know, to qualify for that medium And that's why price. our single moms are struggling. Absolutely. So double income oh. families are going to be a much better position to do that. So our double income families are people who can play today, but probably not our single income. Mortgage payments virtually unaffected. Yeah, let's that, that gets into, you know, when we had the housing crash, you know, people like oh, Joe. They like their using their houses as ATMs. <laughs> people use their house like an ATM. Joe went out and bought boats and bottle services. Three of them. And, yep. Right? Right, Joe? We had a fun time. Jo- good times. No, Joe did not go out and buy three oh, boats. I However, what was well, really interesting during COVID, how many people were buying toys? You know, Toy haulers nope. and Well, whatever. you had, free, you had access to a lot of very inexpensive money. Yeah. And it was uh, one of the only times where depreciating assets were actually becoming appreciating assets. We bought a boat. We had a boat sold our boat two or three years later for more than we bought it for, cars. which was unreal. Same, Same thing, thing with used cars. Yep. Same thing. And, the, and there, there was a term that was used back in those times. It was called equity harvesting. 
You guys remember that? That's, yes. That's what people. That's what Joe's people having PTSD over here, <laughs> shaking his head. <laughs> so you know, we're, but, we're giggling, but it's really not a laughing matter. We, I think, no, I think not. the problem is, is we saw a lot of people making financial decisions that maybe weren't the wisest in hindsight. You know, I, yeah, I'm, and if you and if you look at the mortgage payments from this chart, it, it, it's when you do do a cash out now, their their mortgage payments are virtually unaffected. If you look at 2020. It went up $66 a month, and right now it's $34 a month. People are being a lot smarter with their money and equity right now. So what, we, what we've seen in the past to this point, Anthony, is people, it's America. People love credit. They love to spend money on their credit cards, and we see it all the time. As the prices for things have gone up, people are not quite catching on to that, and they're not changing their spending habits. Their behavior. And they're still spending the same money, and what I foresee is, People are going to run up credit cards like they always do. Mm -hmm. There's always a, a fraction of, of the people who run up their credit cards. And then they will do that cash out refinance to kind of right the ship. And that's a, a habit that people need to break. I've had many clients do that over the years where they'll buy and sell houses just to pay off their debt. Right. And find themselves right back in the same In the boat. same habit. But now today the interest rates are so much higher. I don't know how much that's going to make sense. They'll still do it. We have a lot of families, Rebecca, and I'm so glad you brought this up, who are sitting at 2 and 3% interest rates who have the ability to still tap into their equity through a home equity loan. A fixed rate, 15-year fixed in the fours, it's still a fantastic way for them to tap into the equity. But the problem is there's a lot of people out there who are not properly educated and they don't have the right advice. And so a family who needs to consolidate debt or tap into their equity to help get through this period of time is refinancing out of that 2.5% interest rate into a 5.5% interest rate, oh. and it could all be avoided. Or they're so. watching their credit score dip because they ran up their credit yes. cards, and now they have multiple credit cards, and they were a, six, a 740, and now, and they're, now they're a 660. And now they're a 660 or 680, and now, and yes. It's a, it's a troubling thing for and them. And we so are that's seeing happening. a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel like, oh, I just like Sorry to jump in right there. I'm looking we, at you too, and you guys feel like you're like in the trenches right now, like going to battle every day when you go to work. Um <laughs> It's, it's it's insane. Like, it's like it's like the it's like the NFL war room when the draft last weekend. That's where they're at. Right yeah, now. it's predictable. It's but it's just a cycle. It's, it's just a cycle. How it, goes. it is a cycle. And and so you know what's interesting to me is one of his last slides is the title of our show that we did in March, and we were talking about homeownership as a hedge against inflation. I've seen this in a lot of uh, headlines and a lot of emails, and um, home appreciation versus inflation rate. And that's great and dandy. It would be really interesting to see what this chart looks like in 2022. Yeah. Um, well, and, well, the, well the, the, bottom, the bottom line with that is, the once again, Rebecca, that the facts do not support the bubbles about the pump. It's right. all about the facts. It's about the data. You know, you talk about odds that home prices are going to drop. It's not going to drop. There was just a study that came out last week. Arizona, if you look at the chart, is on the low to very low prices drop the only place where they said it might drop and i don't work that area so maybe you can help me is the prescott area so ah. i don't understand why I mean, prescott would be dropping at all we do have an office up in prescott and i'll, I'll actually ask about that because i would be really curious to find out why prescott honestly what i'm seeing is i know you said you saw some price reductions i'm starting to get emails from the builders because a lot of the builders had they have fallout it, inventory 
you, they have inventory all of a sudden from all the people who now can't qualify after waiting eight to 10 months for a house to be built because the rates went up and they couldn't lock them before they went up. Right. So we're starting to see inventory, which means that now they're competing with our resale market. Mm -hmm. So in the outlying areas where we have a lot of builders, those listings are definitely gonna get some price reductions and we might actually see some sellers pay some concessions or maybe a home warranty, because that might be what they need to do because we're getting back to a more normal market. Yeah. And we've been waiting a couple years for this. So this is actually good news. So Rebecca, I'm curious, and Anthony, maybe you follow these numbers. So what percentage of our buyers right now are institutional cash buyers? in the Phoenix market. Is it still a large number? I don't think so. I think they're pulling. But Anthony, you can probably answer that better because you see it on the title world and you know, great, great, greater scheme of things. But uh, right now, most of my buyers that I've been working with are just buyers. Are, they're just buyers. They're just bu yeah, but they're not. But I lost all my firemen, my school teachers, everybody that needed an FHA loan under four hundred. Your basic three percent down or five percent down I, buyer. Yeah, they're those are out of the marketplace. Yeah. They they just struggle. They're, so the buyers that I have are selling homes. Yes, and so I think that's really going to help when we're talking about families being able to get in and qualify for something because we've had families fully underwritten, approved, and capable of buying, and right. we're not able to get an offer accepted because they were competing against these institutional so, buyers. So I'd really like to see an uptick in those home buyers being able to get into the market. So this is they're, my- they're, 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 they're competing more against the people from like California, yeah. Washington, Portland. I agree, the large down, repositioning than, than of equity. The, people have yeah, money. Yeah, many institutional buyers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say, so when I get my listings, I've had a couple listings the last couple of weeks with multiple offers, and I'm seeing the um, institutional buyers that are the companies that are buying on behalf of buyers who have been Like our AmeriFirst program. Like your yes, AmeriFirst the program. And cash so we've, well, I've had a handful of those, not your normal investors just buying for themselves. They're those companies that are in front of the other people, which I think are gonna go away because we're not gonna need them in the next year. Yeah, people are paying to use those programs. So they, you're absolutely right. So they're not gonna the need The demand for those programs will dissipate as it's no longer necessary. Absolutely, so that's definitely one of my, one of my predictions because now I can actually go see a builder and they might have a spec home you know that has not been the case for a couple of years so everything that i have been waiting for is happening it just sucks that it costs so much more and my my firefighter couldn't get a house last year and he still can't this year right that's the thing that i'm crying for so anthony you with your data and drama um i want to get to this chart because this is what you're all about and i know this is going to be your drop the mic um move here so let's talk about your myths versus reality um, can you share the screen with us or talk to us about this? Yeah, I mean, you guys could jump in this one, but I mean, there, there's so many myths out there. And, and Tara, you brought up the one earlier. You know, I can set the asking price for my house at whatever I want. Guess what? No, you can't. You can't just pick any price. You know, it's you got to go with the market and with your expertise. And Rebecca, that's where people want to do FISBOs or just think the market's so good right now. No, you need the expertise of an agent who knows that area. You can't just say like you just said, because I, I mean, I know someone last week, a friend of mine had listing a house and the house was not worth what it listed for. It listed a high price and he got 20, like you did 25 over market. And the seller goes, you know what? Unless I get over a hundred grand over market, I'm going to take it off the market and rent it. And that's what happened to me. And I think as word gets out that things are shifting, maybe people's mentalities will get a little bit more well, realistic. Expectations will change. The expectations will change. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's and when they do, hopefully we don't lose too many people. You know, in the meantime, that could have done something. I, 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 I love the first one. I should wait to buy until home prices and mortgage rates fall. 
So they're not falling. And even the Cromford report said the last indicator of a shifting market will be the prices. They are not expecting them. And again, we need double the inventory before we're going to get there. So even if I have a really busy summer where everybody who I know wants to sell their house, it's not going to be enough yeah. to get it right side up. And, and Joe and Tara, you could jump in on this one with the interest rates. And I understand the extra payments with inflation, extra payments, rates at five. But they're not going to, to me, they're going to eventually go down maybe next year or two years from now once things get in order. And when you buy this house, you're looking at it. You're not, unless you're flipping, you're looking not to stay there long term. It's worth, even with the rates higher, they're still historically low than they've been in decades. So, I mean, maybe jump in on that myth right there that people are scared away because of these rates. I think it's just the education, honestly, Anthony. People are still in sticker shock. So when they come mm -hmm. and sit down with me and we and they've looked at their budget and they, they're coming out of a rental they've been in for three years where they're paying less than fair market rent to begin with, they, they feel like based on their budget and their expenses, they can afford $1,500, $2,000 a month. A home that's going to meet you their needs in today's market is going to cost them $3,500. So first, we have an affordability gap. They need to come to terms with what it's going to take to be able to purchase a home in today's market. And can they swing it? And that's really a conversation we have to have. You know, Joe talks about behavior modification as it relates to spending. A family who's going to go from $1,500 to $3,000 a month cannot do that without a behavior modification unless they were just saving a tremendous amount of money, which in most cases they weren't. No, they were spending. Or, or make more money. Or make oh, more money. I just had a conversation make with a guy yesterday. I said, you need to make more money. That's just so simple just enough. Go apply for a new job because right now, and people don't realize it, they're hiring. I'm a and capitalist. And you can make more, make more money. money. Okay, so you know what is so funny? I, I am having a flashback from Joe from, I think, March or January, and I was crying for my girlfriend who I told to file for bankruptcy. And he's like, tell her to go get another damn job. You know, because it, it, everything's solved with money. Yes. And I think we all have gotten very used to, very comfortable by our standard of life. And soft. Yeah, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to call us all soft. But because things are shifting so quickly and we cannot predict what's going to happen by the end of the year, I just want a two-month prediction. We're going to do this again after the 4th of July once everybody's home from their 4th of July vacations. Yep. Let's visit again and have another show about what the market's doing so we can revisit where we were and where okay. we're at today. I personally believe, I'm not going to talk about rates, I'm going to leave rates for you too. But what I do believe is I do believe prices are still going to appreciate and we're going to see an average price point. I had predicted 600 by May and I'm just under that. I think I'm going for six and a quarter by July because I do think prices are going to continue to bump up because we still have half of the inventory than we need. Maybe not a third, it's a half, so it's getting better. But I've been waiting for this and I'm really happy about what the market's doing in general. You guys. For your rates, what do you think the next two months are going to do to us? Let Pollyanna go first. So the rates will probably, in, in my opinion, they'll probably stay the same, maybe a little bit higher, as the Fed will probably come out in the next few weeks and say that they expect to raise it again, three quarters or a half a percent, which will then spur our rates to go a little higher. So I think we'll probably be around five and a half. On, okay. on a 30-year fix for your probably average? In two months. In, in two months? By summertime. Yeah, maybe five and a half, I think okay. is, is probably fair. And I think, the, I think the values will continue to go up. I think the inventory will be up a little bit and may, maybe 20%, which means 12,000 and not 10,000. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't think by any means we scream up. 
I want choices. I want my buyers to have choices again. Like how exciting if we're they can actually we're choose. We're seeing seller concessions every now and again. Like things are starting to break loose And a price reductions. Yeah. I, I sat on a meeting uh, just last week where the broker of a real estate company was telling their agents to stop just going in over LISC without, you know, appra- with all these appraisal waivers and contingencies. And it's interesting when they share stories of these listings you can have three or four or five very reasonable offers and then all of a sudden you have this AWOL agent who makes an offer for a buyer that's 50 or 100,000 over list with all the waivers in the world, et cetera, et cetera. They're the ones that don't follow the Crumford report. And they are not being properly represented, you know, and they're they're paying more for that house than they they should. (laughs) Yeah, they win. Well, and I will, and I'm coming back to you, Anthony, I didn't forget about you. We're gonna finish with you, buddy, but I will say that in my world, I'm seeing some buyer's remorse and I'm seeing some BS cancellations oh we're seeing cancellations left and right right now earnest money disputes left and right yep yeah because i'm last week i had a cancellation because the garage door was broke but they wouldn't let us fix it that was the reason for their cancellation so obviously they just had buyer's remorse they had to come up with a reason right so we are going to see cancellations and we're at the reseller houses more than once probably because buyers you know they they get scared and when the second they get scared then they want to walk and that's okay because there's other buyers to take their spots i'm reselling them right away right but it's at, it's happening so anthony if you're seeing earnest money disputes that you guys are having to do um what what say you over the next two months because i think i think the cancellations and reselling homes multiple times should be something that sellers are might. prepared for yeah i i'm, I'm gonna be uh, talking I, to them i i agree i i i think right you're gonna see rates continually go up just a little bit joe around the number you were saying five and a half um I, I, I'm happy because they called for it. I, I see new more listings coming to market. It's not going to be a, a dump load of new listings, but they're going to have some more out there. Uh, sellers just they just need to know what's going on and get it and get like you, Tyra, you nailed it right now. Um, education. It's a skill based market right now. Yeah. It's not like it was last year. And if you're going like we I'll give you an example. We have someone who just did a house and they got a lender who was online. It was it was a it was a train wreck because they didn't have anybody skilled behind them yeah. on this transaction. You need to go with someone you trust, you like, and know what the heck they're doing right now. And that's where I see the market going this year, Rebecca. And if, I agree. if, if, if buyers and sellers don't connect with the right people, it, it's not gonna be a friendly, it's not gonna be fun time for them. It's real, real estate's still gonna be great. It's gonna be a great market. <clears throat> House is sold every day. But unless you connect with the right partners and right people, I, I don't know what you're thinking, so. Well, thank you, Anthony, for your two cents on that. And I personally believe that all of us with this experience, we're going to be busy. Yeah. We're going to stay busy and people want to come to us because of all the experience we all offer. But it could be a bumpy ride for the next couple months. I'm thinking an exciting bumpy ride, like going down the rapids and, you know, (laughs) I might fall off, but I'll hop back in. Yeah. And I I think that's just people just need to get their mindsets wrapped around today. Well, and people need to, you know, and this is just general, I'm really passionate about personal finance and fiscal literacy and teaching families how to budget their money and to take into account what's happening. You know, if things are more expensive, you need to cut back, eat out less, uh, work more. more. I mean, yes, in all reality, you have to modify your behavior and not, I think that credit card and, you know, tapping into equity and things of that nature have just created families, opportunities for families to delay the inevitable. Right. And they just push it down the road. And so I'm really encouraging my families through education to get ahead of it. These changes are happening and we need to modify the behavior now so that we can lessen the pain later.
I don't know how else to close the show. So thank you, Anthony Penna, for joining us today. It was a long one, but long overdue. And we will be back with you guys in July for our next market update to see what happened from now until then. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Rebecca. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day